0: Hi, my name is Enrico Ferri and welcome to this Burning Lamp Podcast. We have a passion for worship, whether it's worship leading or just worshiping together with other believers in Christ. And we realize that worship is not just five songs on a Sunday or even just a two-hour worship session, but that worship is a lifestyle where we bring our bodies as a living sacrifice of praise before the Lord on a daily basis. And on this podcast, we share in that manner, whether it's through a song, testimony, teaching, and interviewing other believers and brothers and sisters in Christ. So welcome to this Burning Lamp podcast and enjoy this episode. Well, I uh, would like to thank each and every one who has tuned into this podcast today and um, Uh, Thank you for taking the time uh, to set apart a moment or a couple of minutes to listen to Burning Land podcast and uh, I would like to encourage you to share uh, this message with your friends. Remember to subscribe to our channel and um, you are lucky if you tuned into this one because it's my first interview on this podcast with a dear friend and brother-in-law of mine (laughs) and um, uh, I have the amazing honor to uh, to chat um, and ask him a couple of questions today. Gharry Stienkamp, the lead pastor and visionary of Dio Victoria Church in Newcastle. Khari, welcome on our show. Thank you, Enrico. It's really a privilege to to chat with
1: you and just to have this conversation with you. Yes, like in Afrikaans, I would say meswar. Mesoari. Meswar. So <laughs> it's nice to chat with you and uh yeah afrikaans english which way do you want to go
0: <laughs> i think uh, for for our listeners we'll try and stick with english as much as we can we are both actually quite well afrikaans speaking people grown up in afrikaans homes but i think we're going to give it a try to to do this in english if it's okay with you
1: yes let's let's try it and i know that your audience will be very forgiving <laughs> and so
0: Khari, uh, it's an honor to have you on the podcast, and uh, you're really a guy that I honestly look up to. And um, I want to encourage all you guys listening to really go on Dear Victoria's Facebook page and follow Khari's teachings, and I think, is it on YouTube as well?
1: Yeah, our sermons is also on YouTube, uh, our Sunday sermons.
0: Yeah, so go following him there. I, Khari, uh, I just love the angle of... Um, of how you see things you know it's always nice to uh, like this now chat to you um, about topics and about church and about life and uh, just to also hear in your calming sort of uh, laid-back wisdom way how you share your perspective of certain things um, which I know when it comes out of your mouth it's always well thought through even if it's at that moment I don't see you as yeah. a guy that just Uh, which I honor. I don't see you just as a guy that just speaks, um, and just drops an opinion on the table. And, but I really see you as a guy Mm. that really ponders and also thinks about the consequences of what you're going to say, um, whether it's positive or negative. So I really honor that and just, uh, yeah, the, the way and your vision for people, your desire, and we'll probably, um, hopefully we can touch a bit on that, but your Mm -hmm. Um, Your desire to see people go forward and really reach their full potential is something I do admire of yours. But I can go on forever. Um, But just tell maybe the listeners a bit about yourself. Um, Maybe you don't need to go too much detail like the hour and the time that that you were born and whatever. But um, maybe in short, like um, where you grew up and where where you actually realized that you were called for ministry. And maybe how that, in short, how that pass played itself out to where you are today.
1: Yeah, Henrikku, um, that, that's a lot of questions. I hope I remember <laughs> everything and that I can answer everything. But firstly, I want to say um, I also honor you, especially, I think, as a very good um, and solid spiritual leader as well. Um, uh, I can see it in your family because we we as a family obviously gather quite a lot together. And I can see that in your life, and uh, and I honour you also as a spiritual voice in uh, in this generation for our country, and and that God is really using you, uh, and that excites me about even this podcast, but also what lies ahead for the podcast that will follow even after this.
0: Oh, thank you, so, I appreciate
1: So, uh, so yeah, I uh, I grew up in a very small uh town down in the Western Cape, Towsre Vier. And, uh, and nice. then we moved, I was about 10 years old, we moved to uh, Wooster, there also in the Boland area. Beautiful place. Uh, yeah, very beautiful. I love the mountains. I'll, I love that place. I really love that place. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I actually matriculated there in Wooster. And um, I remember... I gave my life to the Lord when I was really young. Uh, I, I actually grew up in the AFM church. I've known church all my life. I've, I've, I've slept in the church. I've slept under the chairs. I've slept on top of the chairs I've, uh, you know, all my life. And then uh, I think I was about the age of 12, I gave my life to the Lord. I would say for the final time, <laughs> <laughs> because when you're young, you, you tend to do it every second week, you know, you, you tend to um, say, okay, now, uh, yes, Lord, I'm, I'm sorry, I sinned again, you know, especially on a young age, yeah. you know, when you're seven or eight years old. And then um, at the age of 12, I can still remember that night, uh, there was an a, a interdenominational gathering uh, in, in Wooster. And uh, that night, I walked out, and I received just um, Jesus as Lord and Savior of my life. So then, I went to high school. I had a very interesting high school journey because I didn't, um, I wasn't part of the the popular group when it comes to all the parties and things like that. But uh, I was, I wasn't radical for Jesus. I, I really. I was the in-between guy. Don't Please don't ask me about Jesus or about church or about anything. Um, and we were a few friends that uh, our interest was sport. So we loved sport. Uh, I played rugby and cricket and so on. And then, um, yeah, to the end of uh, grade 10, I actually went through a very spiritual, um, difficult time, if I can put it that way that's placing it actually softly um, but but yeah so within a few months i i didn't believe in god anymore i would consider myself to be an atheist wow. at that time i was i was a little bit um i didn't want to share it with my parents so they still encouraged me to go to church they and um, and i was actually one of the small group youth leaders Wow. And uh, I didn't believe much of the Bible <laughs> at that point. And, but I decided, okay, I'm, I'm still going to do this thing, and I'm going to read from the Bible. I'll read to my small group. As long as uh, they are happy and as long as their parents are happy, I'll do that. And then at the end of grade 10, um, we in the AFM, they used to have like these all the different churches of the Western Cape used to come together. And uh, at the end of that year, I can still remember... They had um, also a youth camp, if I can put it that way, and, and youth services. And at that stage, I just said, Oh, Lord, I, I'm not sure if you're there, but, but um, come and show yourself to me. And I went to those services, and I can't really particularly pinpoint one night or one moment, or, but I know that my life was completely changed in, in, in those services. And that's where I felt that God called me. I remember that very clearly. That one of those nights, um, the the pastor prayed for me. And I also just felt this overwhelming presence of the Holy Spirit. And it doesn't always happen that way, I know. But I experienced the overwhelming presence of the Holy Spirit. And I also um, fell to the ground. And, and while I was lying there, I very clearly heard a voice saying um you've asked me enough to receive now i want you to give what you have received wow and i was about yeah, just before i turned 17 and um and i got up there and i realized that there's something different and then the last two years of my school life was was just an amazing journey of being on fire for god and uh, in our youth group, and in our city, and so on. And um, so, in
0: I, so in grade ten, you gave your heart to Jesus again.
1: Again, I did. I did. <laughs> and that was the that last was time. A, that was that was the <laughs> last time, you know. So, but yeah, I, I went through different seasons when it comes mm-hmm. to just um, yeah, my my feeling of who Jesus is, you know, had to develop through many years. And 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 I think if I look back, I think sometimes that those those moments whether i considered it maybe to be atheist but but actually it was moments of just um i would say searching searching Mm -hmm. more the heart of the father without realizing it you know and uh,
0: because i'm thinking like the moment you started sharing that part of your life i was actually thinking of luke 15 um, of the three stories obviously the one where jesus leaves the 99 to find the one and I just realize how he's just so persistent, you know, and his love just constantly chases after us. Even though it's not like he's offended by you at that time of your life, um, not choosing him and actually moving away from him a bit. But just how his relentless love of just uh, saying, "I'm not going to give up on you," you know, Gere, "I'm just coming for you, man," and um, yeah. there's nothing you can do about it.
1: Yeah, it's it's so true, Henriku. I, uh that was one of the the strangest things that i went through when when i felt that um i'm an atheist and when i got over it i i experienced that yes there is a god but then the enemy started with a new lie so so his new lie was uh yes there is a god but he doesn't love you Wow. yes there is a god but he doesn't care about you you've messed up completely you and um mm-hmm. and and as i was teaching again uh the the small herself. group that i had um i st- i had to read scriptures in the bible and um and reading that i realized that this is a complete lie yeah. and i remember in my st- in my years of study Uh, studying theology i remember that our um, practical theology lecturer he used to say to us you know what isn't it strange when you're not yet saved before you meet jesus the enemy will always tell you you're good enough you don't need jesus but from the day that you get saved that you give your life to jesus he says the enemy changes his strategy then suddenly you're never good enough wow he will always tell you so you're true. not good enough you know so true yeah so wow. that's part of my journey
0: and then so what happened after high school you went to Rau or uj in yes
1: in yeah in those years it was still Rau, uh the ranz Afrikaanse university yeah, yeah. just before it became uj um, so i went to study theology there i actually started off studying um, in Kalesrifier, down in Cape Town, wow. also at the AFM campus that they have there. And I had a few friends there. And then halfway through my studies, I had the opportunity where my mom and dad said, they'll give me an opportunity to, to also move up to Auckland Park where, where I finished my studies with Auckland Park and uh, Rao in those years, my theological degree. So after school, my dad said to me, uh, so what do you want to do? And I said to him, Well, um, I don't know, but I I know I want to do something for God. And he said to me, Well, I've got an opportunity to, um, at this stage, to help you financially with a degree to study. And uh, if you say that to me, then you're going to study theology. That's it, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, and um, yeah, so then I started my studies and I finished it at Rao.
0: Wow. Yeah. So. I know it's, at that stage of your life, would you ever have thought that you'd be where you are today, like leading a church, uh, being the visionary of a church? Well, and obviously now in a pandemic that we find ourselves in leading a church, being a a leader, and really having a deep influence in people's lives. Or is it something like, just? how do you see life in going forward? Is it like, because... The question that I have gotten in my life is where do you see yourself in five years time there are some people that obviously can answer that question but a lot of people including myself can't answer that Yeah. yeah so yeah I mean did you at that stage have any idea what God has planned had planned for you or was it more just like I needed to get the degree or did it actually start panning out and you were actually seeing God in in that journey, and where you were going to,
1: yeah, Enrico, I um, I think while I was studying theology, I really put my heart into it. So even even when we studied different religions, because it's part of your studies, mm. part of missiology, um, I I decided to really put my heart into it. So I had a bit of a different approach to that. I when 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 we studied buddhism for instance i really i studied it like it is the truth i didn't study it to say i just want to give them an answer um when we studied um islam i for my assignments for islam i remember uh, a friend of mine and myself we we actually made an appointment with a with a heady mum in the western cape and we went to his home and we interviewed him we sat with him on the ground with this islamic leader and we and we asked him the questions i didn't want to learn it from books i i really wanted to throw my heart into it so for me it was a a day-to-day journey uh in in a big way obviously i had dreams obviously i had certain dreams of um saying lord where do you want to lead me and and what do you want to do in my life now i've honestly i always thought I would love to become part of a charismatic church with a big team where I'm just one of the guys. I I didn't really consider that I would become the lead pastor that that quickly, you know. Um, but but yeah, it was the way that that God led every single step along the way. You know, He He just led me in in this direction. Um, yeah, I. I can't really say I had this five-year plan or ten-year plan as well. You know, mm. I always try. That's that's the thing about yeah. me. I really try and and uh, and work out a five-year plan or a ten-year yeah. plan. Um, but yeah, you know, it doesn't always work work out that way. But there's a few moments in my life I think that that was defining moments that helped me yeah. to where uh, to where I am today. Especially when I look back over over the seasons in my life. Um, but five-year and ten-year plans, I would have never imagined it. And yeah. I must say, being in this pandemic, I led this church um, as the senior leader from the beginning of 2019. So um, now it's the beginning of 2021. So basically, I'm a senior leader for just over two years. And uh, for just more than a half of it i've been leading a church in the middle of a pandemic of my senior yeah. leader post you know so wow never imagined that
0: i can just imagine but you're doing a good job and you're really doing a good job um
1: thank you i, yeah. c- I can't <laughs> you know with the church being closed uh, yeah. especially last year we didn't have services for six months so i would jokingly phone my mom and dad every week and tell them i don't know what i said but the church is empty again (laughs) you know (laughs) yeah so yeah
0: interesting times that we live in um where did your desire or the moment come in your life when you had a desire to see people transform and grow obviously it's part of ministry it's part of working for the lord i mean uh the moment that a person gives his life to jesus you can already see a change but you specifically started zooming in on I don't know what you call it. Is it life coaching? Um, yeah. Um, would you just want to expand a bit that um, just on that point, and yeah, maybe a testimony or two on what you've seen people being transformed into.
1: Yeah. yeah. I I think there's a big part of that. That's part of my personality. Mm. So um, I I just I love to see people uh, develop and grow. And um, if I have to think back on my life, I remember um, I I loved maths at school. So I would help my friends off to school with maths, you know, which which I realized I thought it's normal. But uh, but I realized later on in life that it's not normal, you know, for a guy to, to just love maths and tell his friends that they must come over and I'll help them with with their maths, you know, and so from a very early stage, you know, and even in our family, um, uh, I think there was a big foundation in our family that was built to, to really um, help people around you, you know, um, and, and help them to get where, where they are supposed to be. Um, so I've, I've had um, a very strong uh, background, even in my family life, to see that, my dad is very big on that um he also he believes i remember since i was very small the one thing that he used to tell us you're not alone on this planet there's other people as well you've got to consider them you've got to help them you've you've got to be out there with them as well and i remember him saying it so many times and he also loved building into people's lives but also, I must say, the youth leader that I had, you know, even going through those difficult stages in my teenage uh, teenage years, the youth leader that I had, Christopher, uh, was a brilliant youth leader and he had, s- he, he had so much grace for me. I mean, I, I really, even though I was on fire for God, I made many mistakes. I think relational mistakes Um personality mistakes so many mistakes if i look back i don't know if i would have given myself those many chances um but but he he really um he he always said to me sherry the the biggest success in life is not what you become but the people that follow you if they can become better than what you are um, that's the biggest success in life and i think that that was a big thing for me and then I must say from my family side and I think maybe for your listeners as well I uh, I always want to tell them that that um a family is so important I remember my grandmother uh, used to um she she used to both my grandmothers actually they used to build that into me when I was 4 years old so so f- f- from my earliest memories is prayer memories um, and they would take me into a room and, and, and say, we've got to pray for these friends of theirs. I, I'll never forget. Um, we, uh, my one grandmother took me into, uh, into the room one day. I was four years, just over four years old. And she said to me, we've got to kneel down and we've got to pray because uh, friends of theirs, Dan and Tani Boris, yes, I remember them. Um, that, they had a farm in the Calfinia um, area and it was very dry and my grandmother said to me, uh, "We must pray for them for rain." and, um, and she n- she knelt next to the bed next to me and I started praying and just in my childlike way, and she got up and she left and she just left me there and I prayed for a few minutes by myself, just for them for rain, and I got up and I went to play again and um and she made a point of it to the next day give me feedback so oh, she didn't just amazing. ask me to pray yeah. she gave me feedback so the next day and this was a feedback and i think it just encouraged me so much she said um when dan phoned and they said listen thanks for the prayers please stop praying because <laughs> we've got four dams on the farm and three of them are full already, and the fourth one is going to be full. Wow! Uh, you know, just within that span of yeah. time. So, so those kind of moments was built into me at a young age. My uh, both my grandmothers used to call me pastor from four or five years old. You know, um, th- it was just part of what what they saw in me, and mm. they spoke it into my life. And and I think for grandparents, um, mm. th- they have a a big role to play in their children's lives that's
0: amazing i think even looking back at the encounters you had in high school i was actually when you started sharing that i was thinking of the the power of seed you know how god sows into our hearts from a young age and how in the perfect season and the right time that seed starts growing and it bears fruit in our lives you know and um it's like you say even with prayer Growing up in church and and whatever the case may be Somewhere in a season God just knows when when to send the rain on that seed And for that seed to start growing and for us to start walking You know, in what God has called us for You mentioned uh, uh, a cool thing, uh, family And um, I want to congratulate you on your second born Uh, Now on Christmas Day, on December 2020, the 25th um beautiful young boy by the name of kian and yes. so Harry, um yeah is a father of of two with a beautiful girl bernayki she's yeah. six now right yeah S- turning she's seven six, this year
1: turning seven yeah
0: and then married to my beautiful sister Yes. and uh i want to ask you like how important do you think it is to uh it's, it's one thing to be a leader out there and to be a leader in church and to run in front in church and send an example but what's your take on, on home? You know, I, I always think of the, uh, the saying where it says charity starts at home and it's one thing that since I've become a father God has really confronted me with this thing of um, I know you have a heart for the lost out there and it's not wrong and you want to you have all these plans to reach all the people out there and but what about your own household what about your kids what do they see when they look at you what are your wife yeah so yeah what's your what's your take on leading in the house as a man um, because i think specifically in the times that we live in i think we look at a generation that's totally lost that's actually fatherless yeah um, i think you can blame it on many other things but i think Fatherlessness is probably on top of the list mm-hmm. when it comes to why things are going the way it's going. Yeah. Um, so I just want to get your take and your view on how you live your life in front of of your wife and your kids and you know, how you see that.
1: That's maybe a question that you should ask them. You know, <laughs> <laughs> let's but get them in here quick. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, Enrique, um, I I think for me, um, there's one thing that always stands out and that is I always have to and and I regularly I have to remind myself of this. I always have to remind myself about the only you things in life and we forget about that. Um, Because only you can be a husband to your wife. No other man can take that place. But Somebody else can preach for me on Sunday. Yeah. Somebody else can do counselling.
0: That's good.
1: You know, um, uh, I think they say about eighty percent of what you do in your life, most people can do. In any case, yeah. you know, then there's about fifteen percent of what you do in your life that's that uh, people can do if they just get a bit of training. You know, um, so there's going to be more preachers. There's going to be more guys that can do counselling and so on. But then there's this. There's this few things in life mm. that only you can do. There's yeah, no one else. Good. No one else can do that, and that is the that that is the biggest thing. I've got to remind myself the whole time and take myself back because you get you get caught up in this life. You mm. get caught up into ministry. You get caught up into all mm. these things, and you've you've got to take yourself back to what can only you do. Mm. Uh, only I can be. Father to Bene and Kian mm. it's only, only I can be that, and I think sometimes that's the that's the problem that we have is we have people that that lose themselves in their jobs yeah. and then there is a replacement at home. I, I think a lot of affairs actually yeah. happens in that way yeah. because because there's a gap yeah. and 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 I refuse to allow a gap with my wife and with my kids. In order to fulfill something that can be replaced with someone else. It's beautiful. Um, So I remind myself the whole time about that, and and this this is my take. Okay, and uh, I must also maybe uh, uh, say something about myself. I love reading. I read a lot, and I I quote a lot of speakers and and. Preachers and and um, authors and so on. So um, so I just want to say I might be mentioning some things that I've read many years ago from someone, and I want to give them credit right now. If <laughs> if if I've heard it somewhere, it's not that I don't want to say it comes from them. But I yeah I'm a firm believer that one day when we give account to God, mm. He's gonna ask us to give account on the things that only we do. No, that's good. Um, only I can build a relationship with God. Yeah. Uh, you cannot build a relationship for me with God. Mm-hmm. Only I can have a prayer life. Mm-hmm. Yes, I can be encouraged by somebody else's prayer life. But only I can do that for mm-hmm. Um Only I can be a husband to my wife. Only I can be uh, a parent to my children. Only I can look after this body of mine. So there's there's this handful of things that Mm. I just, um, I I remind myself regularly and I try to remind every single person that I meet and talk to, to take them back to the basics. What is the thing that only you can do? Because all the other gaps, we can get people to fulfill it. And at the end of the day, people are going to fill that position. When I leave this church, they're going to just call somebody else. They're going to maybe have a few tears, maybe... Uh, maybe not, I don't know, but, but they're going to get someone else and say, there's a new journey and, and that's it. But, um, there's certain things that only I can do.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful, man. It's so beautiful. Uh, there's so many questions that I think we can leave for another time. So many topics that we can discuss, but I want to ask you two questions and uh, then we can close. Um, question number one, what do you feel? Cause, um, Let me say, since the pandemic started, there's been so many prophetic words of this is what God is doing. There's been circulations on many social media platforms, on end times, and uh, all the conspiracy theory stuff. And it's, personally, in my opinion, it's been, not that I'm saying that it's all wrong, but it's a lot of noise, you know, and I think people should just go back to the feet of Jesus. But what do you feel specifically like God is doing in this season in the church? Um, anything that you felt over the last couple of months God is doing? Um, uh, because I think it'll be good for our listeners to hear what you have to say about that.
1: Yeah, Enrico, I um, I, I also first want to say I know I talk a lot, so <laughs> I'll keep you busy <laughs> for, for a long time. Um, but I do believe that... Uh, that god is definitely transforming his church um and i don't think it is i think the pandemic is a way that god has decided to do a transformation in the world and in his church Mm. Um, because we didn't really listen when he said it i had a mentor that once said to me uh, firstly god asks you to change and if you don't, he's still gracious. He'll, he'll make you change. <laughs> then, he, then he makes you change. And I think we're there. I, I think it's no surprise that in the last 20 years already, people have been talking about that there's going to be a revival of a, or a reformation, that church is going to be transformed completely and everything's going to change. People have been saying it for many years, mm-hmm. for many years. And the, but the pandemic is just, um, nobody has changed really, you know, we haven't changed our approach. And, uh, I think that, uh, that this is a way that God is just changing up a lot of things for all of us. Now about the end times, I think every day we're closer yeah, to the coming of Christ. That's my feel, but I think we're, we're in the middle of a pandemic, we're in the middle of a of a of a world crisis, mm. and and I think God is leaving His church here to be a light, yeah, uh, right where we are. Um, I read the other day uh, just a quote from Alan Platt of Doc yeah. and he said, um, and, and I, I might be quoting him completely wrong, but he said Christians in this era should rather not be. Looking for the light at the end of the dark tunnel, but rather be the light in the dark tunnel, wow, and I think that's where we are as a church, mm. you know, without um, putting any th- prophetic big yeah. things around it, I think that's where we are, I think we've got a voice, I think we've got um, an opportunity, and i th- I think we're at a time where the world is open to listen, yeah that that i'm experiencing a lot there's a lot of people that that are that are crying out and saying do you have an answer for us Mm. and i think we as a church should get ourselves ready to have an answer because they might not be asking you today to help but they might be asking you tomorrow or the day after that and we should be ready to have an answer
0: oh that's good yeah god works in the ways that he wants to to work and i agree with you i think um what I've been seeing is that uh, this time has really forced the church or the gathering out of its four walls. You know, I think revival to me, it's just how I would sum it up. I think a lot of people would always uh, connect it with miracle signs and wonders. And it's not wrong. It's obviously part yes. of it. But I believe it starts with a God awareness. You know, I remember in Acts 2 when mm-hmm. the first first church was born in the New uh king james version it actually says and a fear of god came upon the people yeah and i feel like we're on the brink of of that because i feel like even non-believers you know there's really a god awareness out there that's busy happening and i think from there it starts flowing repentance turning away from your wicked ways um people are like drawing the line between i can't keep on living like this i have to start changing and i think that's a good thing um that, that's busy happening that god awareness thing and um and just the 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 awakening in our hearts of being uh, dependent on him again um i think is a good thing okay that's we can go on we can go on with that forever last question if you had to sum up worship in your in your f- frame in in how you see it how would you sum it up what is worship to you
1: what is worship?
0: It's a very broad topic, but, um, yeah. It
1: is a very broad topic. Um, and I think it's developed through the years. Yeah. Um, it's developed, for, for me, it's developed through the years in my own personal life. Um, so, as you're asking the question, I'm thinking of all the definitions that I've thought about and what I've read and and so on about worship. But I think it is a full devotion to something or someone, because mm. that's the that's a big thing. the 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 concept of worship isn't necessarily connected to God. Yeah, um, it's actually interesting how many times in the Bible you read that that God speaks to the nation of Israel because they are worshiping. <laughs> Something else, yeah. another God, you know. So worship is a, for me it is a natural, is. reaction mm. towards something or someone. Yeah, it's good. Um, but in full adoration, yeah, uh, it's 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 the thing that you build your life on in a big way. Now I know that doesn't necessarily say about singing or we don't really talk about singing now but but that's that's my fear about worship one of my favorite stories in the bible that i don't even think people might always connect it to worship but it's actually a story that jesus told when he said that the wise man built builds his house on a rock uh, and the foolish man will build his house on the sand uh, because the the rock jesus says is if you do my words you will build on a you will build that's a wise man that builds on the rock uh but if you hear my words and you don't do what i've asked you to do then you'll be like a foolish man that builds on the sand and for me worship is that foundation is the question what do you build your life on yeah that's good. That's, that's worship for me you'll naturally worship Whatever you build your life on, yeah, it will consume your time, it will consume your your thoughts, it will consume your dreams. Yeah, uh, it it will consume every part of you. Whatever you build your life on,
0: just love your answer. It's yeah. once again one of those Khari angles uh, <laughs> that makes it so beautiful. Cheri, yeah. um, in closing, I want to ask you if you would just whatever you feel the spirit leads you, just close for us in prayer but before we do that where can people watch your sermons where can they get a hold of you uh if you'd like to drop an email address here you're welcome um, so eat it go for it
1: yeah let me drop an email address <laughs> i was never good with a drop uh, with drop calls at school <laughs> but let me drop one there <laughs> no um yeah mine is very easy my email address is just Harry G E W R I E at DO uh, for DO Victoria, but it's only DO, DEO.CO.ZA. Dot dot and then also um, info at DO.CO.ZA. Dot dot Those are the two email addresses that people can use. And then we've got a website as well, uh, www.do.CO.ZA. Dot dot uh, and then on our Facebook page, We currently um, are streaming our sermons, our Sunday sermons, on our Facebook page and also on our YouTube uh, channel as well. Dear Victoria Church.
0: Awesome. Well, you have no excuse. I would like to encourage you to come in contact with this wise man. And uh, if you are young and you don't know what to do with your life, come in contact with Geri. Uh, He has some creative ways in uh, helping you just to get a bit closer to what God has called you for. Um, So, Khari, I'm going to give it over to you. You can close for us in prayer, if you don't mind. And I would like to say thank you for joining me on my podcast. Uh, Thank you for what you are doing for the church, not just your Dio Victoria family, but also for South Africa, the influence you have in, in myself and Anya's life, the example you're setting, because that for me is part of worship, is really that devoted lifestyle in f- not just in front of the Lord, but in front of people. That doesn't draw them to you, yes, like Paul also wrote, but it ultimately draws them to Him. So I would just like to honour you in closing before you pray. <laughs> oh, thank you
1: very much, Henrique, and uh, thanks for for letting me be the first one on your podcast. It Such is really, honor. really great. So, in closing, I I really want to say to you, as listeners as well, uh, the name of our church is Deo Victoria, and um, it literally it's the Latin words meaning God's victory. And um, my passion, my heart, my prayer for you is that God's victory will come become your reality. You know, we sometimes speak so much about the victory that Jesus um, had had for us and by dying on the cross, and we, we, we acknowledge the victories, but my, my passion and my cry to God many days is, Lord, let it be a reality for us. Let let the, uh, let the cross and, and the victory of that moment be a reality for us, be a reality. For our salvation, be a reality for our healing, be a reality for uh, our relationships that we have. And um, and I just want to um, want to pray that over you today. I want to say, Lord, I thank you for moments like these. I thank you that we can speak life into people's lives. I thank you, Father, that those that are listening, that you are busy in their lives. Thank you, Father, that you come and work in magnificent ways, Father, also in the lives of the people that are listening. And, Father, you know that a big part of my story in my life has been that my brain or my intellect has kept you in a prison. I've imprisoned you in my thinking. And my prayer today is, Father, that just like you broke through the prison gates in my own intellect and in my own thinking, that you will break through the prison gates, Father, of those that need to be broken through, Father. You know, Father, those that are not thinking much about themselves. You know about those that are constantly just believing the lie of the enemy, Father. And you know tonight, Father, every single person, Every single person, Father, that that is going through a season of depression, Father, whether they know it or not, Father, that feeling of I'm just not good enough, I have nowhere to go, I, I have no clue of what to do next and what the next step is to take. I thank you, Father, that you meet them right where they are, Father. I pray Father for those that are anxious tonight. Father, those that, that needs the comfort from God. Father, I pray for for business leaders. I pray, Father, for for business leaders that are sitting with a staff that they are thinking about and saying, Well, I've 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 got to look after them. I've got to pay their salaries i've got to make sure that those families are okay i pray father that you will be with those leaders i pray that you will guide them that you will take that anxiousness that they have father and that you will just in this moment come and show again your power and your greatness in their lives i thank you that your word says to us that you will do exceedingly abundantly more than what we ask or even imagine Father, when we read that verse, we know that you break through the walls of our thinking. You break through the walls of the things that we think is possible. And that you come and do even greater than what we can even imagine. And I pray this, Father, tonight. And I pray this, Father, for for so many families, Lord. And then I want to end off, Father, and really say... Lord, will you restore relationships? Father, your word says that in the last days you will turn the hearts of the fathers towards the children and the children's hearts towards their fathers. And my prayer is, Father, that you will restore broken relationships, relationships that's been broken between brothers, between brothers and sisters, between family members. I pray, Father, that you will come to restore it. I pray that years, 25 years of not speaking to one another will be broken down in one instance, Lord, and that you will bring new, new, fresh perspectives in those relationships. I pray that the fear of picking up the phone and just making that first phone call will disappear in the name of Jesus. And I pray, Father, that that first connection will be made, Father. And we trust you, Father. We trust you for that. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Enriku, thank you very much. It's been a great privilege.
0: Such an honor, Harry. So anointed. And thank you once again. Thank you for each and everyone that has tuned in. And, uh, yeah, please stay tuned um, for our following episode. Not sure what it's going to be yet. But God would lead us and uh, because this platform is all about a lifestyle of worship and that can be in many forms and many shapes. I don't know if in many sizes. But anyway, thanks for tuning in. Bye. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our message today. Remember to press the subscribe button. For more content and resources, visit our Facebook pages at Enrico and Anya Worship and Burning Lamp Ministries. And also remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel at Enrico and Anya Worship. If you want to come in contact with us, please send us an email to info at burninglampmusic.co.za.